Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of IC Data People. And we have Yadidia here from Revelio Labs. Yadida and I met right before Revelio's Sidra, uh, where he was managing the operations of the fast growing company. Not many know, but Yadida is actually coming from a whole different industry the media and entertainment, where he produced and directed films. Yadidia, it's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Of course. You have a unique background in the alternative data industry. How did your background outside of the data ecosystem set you up to start the Value Labs? It's a good question. One thing that we started doing in the beginning, and I'm not sure if this was influenced by that, because you know it's hard to tell sometimes where you're really getting ideas from. But one thing that we were doing early on was we had kind of a big focus on having, there were a lot of data providers, for example, that were very interested in like a specific thing. So they'd be doing like, you know, credit card data, or they'd be doing like, they were all a little bit niche. And we were kind of doing that with the sense of how we were putting together workforce data, but we, we always tried to tackle it as if we were being a little more thematic in the way that we were approaching these problems. So we weren't kind of just thinking, okay, how do we like productize this data set, but really like how do we have a kind of holistic understanding of what's going on with the workforce? So I think that was always something that we were, that was always kind of like a North Star of like really trying to capture everything that we could within, within this theme. And so I think that may have made an impact. I mean, the other was just, we, we were also, I think naturally, Ben and I were both naturally into like a branding and we weren't seeing a ton of that, uh, but we always thought having a kind of a more, a little more friendly voice. I mean, I think that was true with like when we picked the name and like also in the way that we've kind of continued to communicate what we do. So like in the writing that we do, we, we have like a weekly newsletter, which is also just like, it's touching on kind of different themes every, every week within, within workforce, but it's friendly. It's like easy to read. It's not, you know, it's not esoteric. So we've kind of always, I think also just made ourselves accessible in that way. And there was always kind of a, a lookout for like, how we were being, you know, what the reader would think, or, you know, there, there was kind of just, those were areas that we were interested in. So I guess, I guess that's kind of some, some of how my background has slipped in. So as you tie together that background and think about launching a product and building a brand, I'm curious how you think about productizing data and what are the biggest challenges in productizing and selling data? Yeah, it's a good question. I think that, well, I think there's two parts. I mean, one is, you know, historically, the way that we've worked is we've really been the data company where we've delivered, we've, you know, ingested a bunch of raw data, and then we've done a lot of things to it to normalize it and make it usable for analysis. And then the output of that is, is kind of what we, what we sold. And that's been, that's been very good. I think that the, there, the focus has been, has really been on making it reliable. And th this has really actually come down to the engineering of it, like making sure that when we're ingesting the data, I think that the biggest challenge has been that we're getting it at a reliable rate and it's consistent. And that really makes everything else easier. It makes it easier to model the data. It makes it easier to like clean the data. Like just that has been kind of the biggest focus was just the, the execution of that, like which is what I'm like kind of referring to as the engineering of it. On the kind of where I think we're also heading, I think we're always going to continue to be a data company and we'll deliver data, but also a big focus that we've had over the last maybe year and a half has been making that more accessible. So, you know, right now, let's say a lot of our customers are big hedge funds or PE firms and they ingest, you know, they have teams to ingest data and they have teams to analyze that data, but most companies don't have those resources and most individuals don't have that. So what we're really have been making a big focus has been to make that just create a kind of more user-friendly experience where if you want the data, you can, you know, click around and you can get that or, but if you want, you know, to see charts and 
articulations of that data and kind of walk away with easy to use experience, you know, that that should allow us to open up into to a lot more opportunities. And so I think there, again, it's kind of like the execution of that has been really important. When we started, I should say, we focused a lot on the modeling side of things. We always thought we were like a data science company. But as you're productizing and as you're like going to market, I think it just ends up being what that's still like a very big focus, but the engineering, like just the, the kind of the building of that, of that kind of idea becomes like practically what you end up working on. Like Omri, I feel like you, you also have your experience with that, but like, I think that that's kind of been the lesson here. It's just the building of something is so important and ends up taking kind of a lot of the space up as you're kind of investing in different initiatives. I really can connect with what you said and enforce the history that you bring to the table, the narrative you're creating around the data set. It's not just the data set, it's actually a narrative, kind of like a movie around the data set that connects the people into the insights. Now, how do you price those insights? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that I'm not sure if I have a great answer. I think what we've felt with the way that we've always operated, I mean, we've always done like a license. So you're getting, you're getting access to this information, but not, not too dissimilar from like a newspaper or something, you know, where you're paying for kind of a, a steady stream of information. Obviously it's priced very differently. You know, it's, it's, the scale is different. And so, you know, and also this is much more difficult to prepare and stuff in some ways. So I don't know, we've always felt that this kind of subscription model was the easiest thing. I also think like, I know that there are firms that will price yeah, there are firms that will will set a price because they think it has some like market value, like this idea of this alpha that exists and you can price by that. I, I mean, I tend to not really, I don't really know if I understand what exactly that even, <laughs> what that even is, especially because our pricing ends up being pretty similar. But, you know, I think that we've always felt there's like within, let's say these alternative data products that are out there, there's like, you know, let's go back to credit card data because it's like the easiest one there seems to be like this kind of utility price priced onto it where it's like, okay, this product is worth this much or this is how much it's it baked into the price of the, of the market. We've always kind of veered away from that. I mean, maybe, maybe that's true. I, I don't know, but we've always felt that it's really a more, what you're really buying is more descriptive. It's less like in some ways it's even less actionable, but it gives you just a deeper understanding of something. And that's why, that's why I think I relate it to the news because that's like very descriptive information. So, you know, you get more a sense of like tone or you get more a sense of like the shape of something, why, maybe why it's moving in that direction. And so we've always just thought about it as like, okay, well, that, that's just a, a subscription to something. And, you know, then it's like, what are our costs and, you know, putting a premium on. So in the context of the challenges with pricing, you brought up several other data sets, even other alternative data sets. I'm curious how you think about combining data sets or, or how alternative data could or should be combined? And, and does that actually magnify its impact and, and expand the use case? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've decided that when it comes to kind of this theme of workforce data, we, we want to combine it. So, you know, we, we started out really doing position level data where we, you know, we're gathering kind of the world of publicly available profiles, and then we're doing all this stuff to it to kind of get to a position of what's going on in the company today or historically. But then over time, we decided to add, you know, job posting data. So it's kind of a forward-looking view of where things are headed. We've done sentiment, employee sentiment, um, as well as more recently, we, we've done layoff notices and stuff. But when it's come to 
things that are under this umbrella of workforce, we want to explore it. We want that to be part of the, of the narrative. And, and also, you know, a lot of the work that we do is very complementary towards, towards new versions of that. So, you know, w- let's say, for example, we, we do a lot of company mapping. So once we've done that for, you know, and, and a big issue, I should say, in company mapping is like, you know, someone may write Bank of America, another person might write B of A, and we need to know that's the same company. So once you're dealing with that data, it'd be also to add a new data set to that. We don't have to do so much. We've already built all these tools to normalize it and make it part of this sto- of this bigger story of what's going on. So there, it's always felt like with the workforce stuff, for the most part, it's felt like low-hanging fruit. Like if we could get access to it and if we could figure out a clever way to get it, then we, we should add it. It's really complimentary. Where places that we have decided not to go is more on like, there's a lot of companies that reach out to us about tracking the costs of, of labor, not, not necessarily salary, but like kind of performance data. Like, oh, what, what parts of the workforce are, you know, the heaviest, like the admin or, you know, those types of positions versus salespeople who are expected to bring in a certain amount of money. And I think that's more complicated than you would like it to be. So I think there's like reason not to pursue that just from, from that perspective. But also it's just, it's just not our expertise. Like there are like, again, the credit card data is of the world. They just have been doing this. And so we, we haven't seen a lot of a good argument to go after that. We think like our strength is in our differentiation. So so I think that there's a line. For us, the line has been whether really it's, it's connected to this, this idea of, of covering workforce. But you know, I think that's from our perspective. I think on the user's perspective, I think there's really good reasons. And I think a lot of our customers are using our data and other data sets and combining them in, in kind of interesting ways. But, uh, but also, they, they bring their own expertise to it. So, so it's you know, just from a kind of resource, resource perspective, we, we've always felt it was it's not a case by case, but every time it's come around and we've made a decision, it's always kind of been, well, let's just keep doing what we're doing. You know, let's get deeper into this. Awesome. And let's take another direction. What's your most controversial opinion? Yeah, I was thinking about this. I, I don't I don't know if I have such controversial opinions. Something that I've learned is it just, and, and it's maybe it's an obvious point, but I've learned kind of again and again that building good products like I mean, they take a really long time and they're really hard to do and they take way more resources than you think. And, you know, that's, I think, why we, we don't have a lot of like great products, you know, that really make us feel excited. Like I was thinking actually about this because I, I bought a new iPhone and I really, you know, I, I hate it. It's like it doesn't work as well as it used to, I find. And it's always like it's kind of spamming me. Like basically music is really where it pisses me off. Like. I don't know if you guys have this experience, but like, I don't want to pay for the subscription on iTunes and they spam me. Like anytime I want to listen to music, it just kind of hits me with all these things. And then half the time my, my songs that I want to listen to aren't downloaded. So if it's like I'm on the subway, it's just, it became so terrible. And I don't know. I feel like the last time I had a really good product was the iPod. I just think that the, like the purity of it is lost anyway, with regard to my life, you know, uh, yeah, I think that whether it was film or whether it was this, it just, it, you know, it just takes a, a really long time to make something that is exciting that people want to use. And then also that you feel proud of. We started in 2018 technically, but really things started to kind of moving along in January, 2019. And I think even now certain things that we, we thought we'd have, you know, six months from now, now we're kind of getting to the point where they're coming out. And I think they're really exciting. I think they're going to open up a lot of new doors but it just takes a really long time. You just referenced how long it takes to, to build a great product, to have a product that resonates. That's a perfect segue into our last question here, which is when you look 
five years out in the future, what's going to be different in the data world? What do you think is going to have changed between now and then that, that is going to influence all of our lives in the data landscape? Yeah, I, I think that it's funny. A lot of people talk about consolidation. I, I think that probably that's true. I just think that it's going to be a little more normalized. Like a couple of years ago when we started, we were very much in this alternative data space. And now that audience has kind of opened up where now I don't even think workforce data is considered alternative. I just think it's now, you know, it's just a data set or a type of, of area of data. I think that that's going to happen more. I think this is also kind of with the introduction of like a lot of marketplaces like AWS and so on, like they'll just be more commonplace and less intimidating for users. Like I feel like when we started, a lot of people were just like, oh, I'm kind of dipping my toes in here. I'm not sure if we want to make this effort and so on. And now I think, I mean, certainly with workforce because of what's going on with the economy, but I think in general, it's just something that people are have their heads around more and are more kind of okay trying it. So I think that's going to happen more. I also think a lot of these things will be more productized. I think that will be less, we'll have less data and we'll just have more tools. And and almost like the way that Bloomberg Terminal made all of these this financial data very easy to access. I think we're going to probably see more of that. And there have been groups. I mean, like Data Lagoon, you know, you guys were doing a version of that. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, for us, we're, we're kind of doing that for our data. So I wonder if that may happen more. And then there may be like a convergence of at some point. But I really think it's going to be more usable. And from a user perspective, it's going to be more friendly and less of an uphill investment. So that, that's probably what I think is going to happen. Thank you so much for this. I learned a lot. And I think the narrative you outlined here in this episode, a lot of people who are trying to productize and get into the data space can learn from. So thank you so much for sharing your experience. It was great to have you. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Rez. 